0: This is a Squeeze podcast, where your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Monday the 20th of December. In your Squiz today, round the grounds with Omicron, typhoon troubles in the Philippines, our generous youth and gearing up for the Winter Olympics. This is your Squiz today. Claire, the World Health Organization gave an update on Omicron over the weekend. They say it's spreading quickly. For example, 80% of new infections in the UK are Omicron. But aside from that, Claire, not a lot of answers on how or why it's moving so fast or whether it's actually more deadly. No, all of those questions are
1: still up in the air. But what the World Health Organization says is that Omicron cases are doubling every one and a half to three days. And about half of the world's states now have reported cases of omicron they're particularly looking at countries that have high levels of vaccinations what they say is it's unclear whether the mutated virus is just super good at evading immunity or whether it's very highly transmissible uh, or it
0: could be a combination of both Lots of questions still to be answered. I mentioned the UK is seeing high cases of Omicron, as are others around Europe, and governments are making moves.
1: Yeah, they sure are. So the Netherlands has imposed a national lockdown. That's going to be in place until at least the 14th of January. They say that they're doing that in an attempt to prevent a new wave of cases. When you look at France, uh, Austria, Denmark, Cyprus and Ireland, they're all countries who have reimposed restrictions. They've also cancelled some very iconic Christmas and New Year celebrations in those countries and then when you look across the Atlantic to the United States there are very big concerns there that officials who are already burnt out after a big couple of years of COVID will be tested again particularly in areas where there's low vaccination rates.
0: Yeah, so they're talking about health and hospital officials there. Our health minister, Greg Hunt, was asked about the circumstances, particularly in the Netherlands yesterday. He pointed out that it's very different. That's because they're going into winter. They have significantly higher case rates, much more loss of life, and also their vaccination rate is much lower than ours. So on the question of what may happen here in Australia, at this stage, avoiding lockdowns seems to be the aim of the game. Down to Devonport in Tassie, now Clare, where devastatingly yesterday, Tasmanian police announced a sixth child had died in that jumping castle tragedy. Yeah, he was 11 years old.
1: His name was Chase Harrison. We know a little bit more about what happened in Devonport and since we last spoke, police have confirmed that there were nine children uh, on that jumping castle and that they did fall from a height of about 10 metres when a gust of wind took that jumping castle into the air. Uh, one child has been released from hospital on Friday morning and two others remain in a critical condition.
0: Yeah, there's an investigation, of course, into this. It's expected to take quite some time. Since Friday's podcast, authorities have named the victims. They were all grade five and six students. Their names are Addison Stewart, Zane Mellor, Jai Sheehan, Jalayla, Jane Marie Jones, Peter Dott, and now, as you say, Chase Harrison the Philippines now, a place that gets about 20 massive storms and typhoons each year. The latest one though, Typhoon Rai, is said to be one of the most powerful storms in recent years to hit the region. Claire, more than 150 people have died, 780,000 people have been affected. Staggering numbers. It is. That storm hit on
1: Friday night and just now officials and aid organisations are coming to terms with that damage. There are still areas that have been affected that aren't in touch. Uh, their communications have gone down and their electricity supply is down. So there's expected to be more on this. Uh, we're not done with Typhoon Rai yet. It's making its way north. It's heading towards Vietnam, uh, where it should hit the coast
0: at some point today, and then on to Taiwan, by the middle of the week. Yeah, it's a nasty one. Back here too, a bit of wild weather late yesterday meant a freak storm hit Sydney's northern beaches. One woman was killed in what's being described as cyclone-like conditions. Trees coming down, roofs being lifted off buildings to Hong Kong now were the first legislative council elections since China introduced laws that amongst other anti-democratic elements shrank the proportion of lawmakers who can be directly voted in by the people. Claire because many in Hong Kong believe the elections are now a vehicle for Beijing, low voter turnout was expected. Yeah, they weren't expecting many to come. And there's
1: some reports this morning uh, saying that at one voter station last time around, they had about 70% turnout and they're looking at under 30% this time. We'll know a little bit more about what all that looks like today or tomorrow. But what we do know is that the candidates who could stand for election have to be patriots. That means that they have to be cleared by China as people of good standing in, in China's eyes anyway. Uh they're the only people who can now hold positions uh, of political power in Hong Kong. So there's been lots of criticism, not just locally, but also internationally about what China has done uh, to Hong Kong's democracy.
0: Yeah. And if you're looking across the news today and you see headlines using the phrase leg co, that's what the cool kids call it. As you say in the Squeeze Today email, Claire, that's the short (laughs) version of the Legislative Council elections. That's what that's all about. Claire, that's a lot of grim news, but there is hope for the world yet. A study out of the University of Melbourne has said that 63% of 18 to 24 year olds volunteer their time or donate money to charities or to their local community. It's been a time-honoured tradition of talking
1: down the youth, but (laughs) when it comes to how they're going these days, uh, certainly as far as charity goes, they're doing really, really well, much better than older Australians. Uh, Researchers say that it's due to their activist spirits, that they're really concerned about things like the environment and also elements like health and uh, really interested in their local communities. So they are donating their time. Uh, They're also donating money to those sorts of causes. Uh, When you look at older Australians, they're not doing so well when it comes to the charity front. Uh, Their support for charities has plummeted about 20 percentage points over the last five years and also donations of time have almost halved. we started that story on
0: a good note at least, I guess. (laughs) We tried. We tried. It's a month and a half until the 2022 Winter Olympics get started in Beijing, Claire. Let's face it, we like medals, so the degree to which we pay attention or not will depend on how the Aussies are faring. That's the cold, hard truth. Looks like we have a few real contenders.
1: It does. And what's happening at the moment is that there are lots of competitions, particularly in Europe, uh, the World Cup trail where all of these sports are being tested. And over the weekend, um, Jakara Anthony, uh, she has become the one to beat when it comes to moguls. Uh, She completed what's been called a mind-blowing World Cup double triumph in France on the weekend. And it puts her at the top of the standings in all three of the moguls categories. So she is a name to know. She's also a girl from Cairns, so she's a, a long it? way from home when it comes to the snow slopes. Um, also, we've got really good contenders when you look at the Snowboard Cross, um, in the aerial skiing, uh, and of course, we've qualified for
0: the curling for the first time in <laughs> Australia's history. Definitely tuning into that. We have a very enthusiastic fan of the Winter Olympics on staff at the Squeers, Annalise Taylor. She keeps telling us it's going to be great, <laughs> so we're jumping on the bandwagon, Claire. <laughs> (laughs) Let's get on board. It kicks off in Beijing on the 4th of February. Squeeze the day and I think we're both sticking with the sport theme.
1: Yeah, and of course, it feels a lot like Christmas when you start getting into the Sydney to Hobart yacht race press conferences. Uh, The first one is up today. That's at 10 o'clock Sydney time, where they're going to talk about the weather forecast
0: for that great event. Obviously, very, very important when it comes to sailing. For me, it's the final day of the second test match. England need 386 runs to win. A draw is possible, but with Australia needing just six more wickets and the weather looking clear in Adelaide, we're going to be hard to beat. Let's go finally, Claire, that's me done on the Squeeze Today podcast for a little while. It's over to you, Larissa and Eliza, a very capable team. It's been another
1: great year doing podcasts with you, Kate. So thank you so much for that. And yeah, we'll catch you on the other
0: side. Yeah, I'll be back in a few months, just off to have a baby, as you do. Can't get rid of me that easily, though. You and I have recorded a series of three podcasts that'll drop next week, reviewing the year that was 2021. We start with a look at world news, then Aussie news, and then a whole episode dedicated to the lighter stuff that's the stuff we like Claire.
1: I was so restrained there were so many things as we went through that list that felt like they should have been five years ago it's been such a weird time warp this year but it's a really good collation of exactly all of those things.
0: Yeah look out for that next week. For me I'll catch you as I said in a few months but Claire you'll be back tomorrow with Larissa. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super.